Well, a very good evening and welcome along to uh, this edition of AlstraWhiskey.com, Aries uh, Whiskey Reviews. Uh, well, we're live uh, Saturday nights, 10 o'clock. What else would you be doing on a really wet, miserable Irish evening? Well, in the you pub, might. In the pub, Justin. <laughs> you could you could be in the pub because the pubs are actually open. Uh, no, <laughs> it, it's 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 one of those massive shows this week. Uh, do tell us, Marty, what we've got this week to give away. Right. Well, uh, I've been on to the good folk at Dunville's and uh, Jarliff down there. Uh, what we're going to do is next week we are going to do a live tasting. Okay. And uh, what we're going they're going to do is if people like and, and share tonight's show, um, we'll give you a bit of grace. So it's not just you don't have to do it live. So up until Monday morning, uh, 20 people will be picked at random and Dunbells will send out a miniature and a glass of the, the three crowns. Uh, next week then, we'll do a tasting. Um, if you go to ulsterwhiskey.com, you can download a, a tasting chart like this and we'll go over that. Right, fabulous, yeah. So we can use that next week. Um, we'll do a tasting. Uh, so 20 people will get, well, 18 because me and you are getting one each. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, I like to hear that because I'm reduced to Tingbo this week. Look at that there. I'm reduced to that, you know. <laughs> I had draft Guinness yesterday for the first time in 15 weeks. I tell you, I felt like Popeye. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh... Okay. Now, listen. If you can't, if you can't get involved, uh, if you aren't lucky enough, this is where you can get uh, the whiskey from uh, Dunvalswhiskey.com. Yeah. So uh, that's a really great uh, coup for this. We're, we're only a, a couple of months in, and already we've got a nice, uh, more yeah. or less giveaway for people. That's that's yeah. that's a nice thing to to, to, to get uh, for. We're we're sort of out of lockdown now. To try it to see if we can cope with things, and uh, let's hope we can. Managing, so, managing to get to the pub just for a draft. This is a tin of Guinness, and, and I don't worry, I've poured it in a glass. See if anybody, people getting at me. Um, but draft Guinness is just oh, it's so much nicer, so much nicer. But anyway. So, this week's topic is going to be a, a wee bit different. I mean. I didn't think to myself that fire could could be so interesting, but you've sent me through a dozen stills from this about fire, and I'm thinking yeah. to myself, what on earth is that all about? Uh, fire. Mm. Well, I, I feel like you know the, the crazy world of Arthur Brown, dun, dun, fire. You know, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, we're not allowed to play this that, that thing anymore. But no one uh, fire. Fire and heat. So I'll, I'll put a, if I'd have put that in the title, it wouldn't have necessarily been as good. So it's fire and heat, and how you'll you'll, you'll see once I start talking about it. There's there's four sort of topics that we'll talk about, and it's to do with with fire and combustion and heat and stuff. Okay, and it's all to do with the manufacturing of, of whiskey. Okay, so uh, how does fire manage to make much of a difference? to a whiskey because obviously there's no direct heat put on the whiskey whatsoever nowadays is there really well, yeah. well yes the first thing i'll talk about is pete okay and how how, how pete i've never met pete who is he he's pete burns he's a he's, he's a guy <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's a very old dude he's a very old guy now we over here are very used to peat. You've just put up a, a graphic of it there. Peat is is basically partially decomposed vegetation. Uh, lots of it's sphagnum moss. Uh, and what happens is over thousands of years, it partially decomposes. It goes into what's, what's known as a, 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 an anaerobic environment, uh, which means oxygen isn't there. So it doesn't decompose totally. And that's really the process eventually it would lead to becoming coal. But most people are used to the likes of Scotch whiskies, which are peated. Okay? Okay. Now, what happens in that process is that 
they malt the barley. They, they, they get the barley to partially uh, grow, if you like, to sprout. And then they dry it out using peat. Okay. Now, when they dry it out, they take it down from, from being quite moist, obviously, down to uh, around 15% is the moisture content. And after that, then they, they, they don't use the peat to, to, to dry it. And that stops the process of, of uh, germination, essentially. But it puts in flavour compounds into the barley. Okay? Okay. Uh, now, there are various types of peat, depending on how where they're from and, and the level of decay. Now... Over on Isla, which again, I'm using Laphroaig because it's very, very heavily peated, okay? Uh, and over there, they lots of it comes from the Castle Hill peat bog, which is a huge peat bog on, on Isla. Now, the reason they, they used it would have been, back in the day, that's, that's the only source of fuel, really, that these people would have had. You know, they went out with their spades, dug it out, and use that to, to as fuel to, to fire stuff, etc., etc. So it gives it this smoky compounds um, and uh, various phenolic, as, as it's known, phenols uh, into the barley. And then that's then used to make the whiskey, and it gives it this smoky, medicinal, uh, fairly complex uh, chemical taste, you know. So it's it's really, it's seen very much as a, a Scottish thing, but it probably would have been quite common over here for a period of time until people would have, it, just would have, it was the fuel that everybody used. And there's up until today, there's still people who use it. Now, as I say, different types of peat give different flavours. And one of them is uh, cologne. Down uh, in County Down, they have their own. I say, I say, it's a, a a smoke house. It's really a smoke shed. If you if you've seen Cologne, it's really quite a small place. And uh, they, Brandon, yep, that's the Cologne Distillery. Uh, Brandon down there, he says that the, the peat that he gets from Donegal is quite light, and it gives him an aromatic, uh, smoky flavour, obviously but it's quite a light smoke. The stuff he uses from County Down is a much more, uh, almost like coal. It's quite dense. It's a lot darker. and It gives a much heavier sort of compound flavour to it. So, again, all of this will play a part in what eventually you'll end up with. You know? Now, lots of people think that peat only gives that smoky flavour. Not really. There's a, there's a huge range of, very um, variable range of flavours uh, in regard to, you could have cloves, you could have uh, medicinal, that sort of TCP, that TCP flavour will come in. Coffee, licorice, you, you don't understand those, those kind of... Those. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, I'm with you, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's what Pete brings to, to the table, if you like. So it is that very um, heavy, it adds a real body to the, the flavour, to the whiskey. Um, so if you ever drink something like Laphroaig, uh, there's other ones, Ardbeg, Kalila, um, and various other ones. They have this really smoky bonfire taste. You know, we can smell it a mile away, okay? Now, interestingly, it's measured in parts per million. Uh, phenol parts per million is really how it's measured. And Laphroaig is very smoky. It'll be in and around 40 to 45 parts per million. The human, human body is quite good at picking up these these sense these tastes so it doesn't have to have a huge amount but the biggest um 
is actually uh, there's another Isla Distillery, Brucladi, who don't peat their 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 basic product, um, but they bring out the 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 heaviest peated whiskey you can get, uh, more and it's it's about a hundred and sixty hundred and seventy parts per million, which is okay. I mean huge huge. That, that that's that's pretty impressive. So basically, what you're saying is the human body's a smoke detector. Could be yes, and it needs press every Monday. <laughs> 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 now listen we've got some comedians on tonight if you're watching the show remember to watch and interact on the facebook.com stroke irish whistle review stroke live that way we can see your posts and you know uh, interact with us as well and we can see you because if you've previously said that you're doing it elsewhere we can't see it uh so we've got a lot of people on tonight that uh spreading the word around we've got uh, uh Pete McCabe saying to Alistair Bell, who says he's busy on a Zoom meeting at this time of night, you'll have to watch it and replay and enter the the, the, the Dunville's giveaway uh, before Monday morning. Uh, Peter McCabe is saying, uh, Mr. Popular, you can always watch it and play, but you're right, Peter, you can. Uh, Gary McCallum's uh, tagging his friend, uh, Phil Patterson. Okay. Uh, uh, make sure you like and comment and share it yourself. Uh, Patrick O'Connor is saying, it's the highlight of my week. Great job, guys. Uh, Stanley Sung is uh, mentioning Gary Arthur as well. Uh, Pete McCabe is uh, saying, uh, clearly the barbers have reopened in County Antrim. No, the Corona Cup. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I have members. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, okay, why use three crowns and VR? <laughs> why, why use three crowns? Well, the thing is, uh, I... I Three Crowns is very interesting whiskey. Uh, it's quite light and summery, as is normally how I, I view it. Um, also, there's lots of people reviewing whiskies, and what they do is they, 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 they review some of the more elite ones, some of the more expensive ones. And I, I'd like to do ones where uh, people can jump in and, and actually go and purchase them. A bottle of Three Crowns is a little over £30. Uh, so you buy it and you can join in. You don't have to spend three hundred pound on a, you know, like the, the, the Cortado bottles or the, you know, the the, the rum cast, the port rum, rum cast finishes. You know, so make it a bit more accessible for people. You know? So let's let's get back to fire because we're nearly a quarter of the way sh through the show tonight already. Uh, Fifteen minutes in, I can't even add up an hour. Is an hour made up of four fifteen minutes? No, it's made up of four. Four. Oh, I can't divide. Yeah, it is, Justin. Uh, you're, you're not being an example for the educational system in Northern Ireland here. <laughs> no, I, I, I am. I am. I, I, I went to grammar school, but I forgot how to add up because the computer does it for you, you know. Uh, so spreadsheets usually do it for me. You're right. It is a quarter of an hour. It's 15 minutes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it is bad. That, I call it the lockdown effect, Marty. It's yeah. a lockdown effect. I don't know whether I'm coming or going some ways. So uh, we're back. We're, we're going to get an education tonight. I, I mean, we really are going to get an education tonight. Uh, I mean, nice. I don't even know whether I should put this in the screen or not, because people might just log off as soon as I do this. What does this thing mean? Ah, no. This, <laughs> this is basically showing you uh, a chemical reaction. Uh, it's called the Maillard effect. Okay. Now, I don't want to scare anybody off. And what I'm going to talk about now is how they fire the stills, okay? Back in the day, all stills would have been fired with either coal, wood, or peat. And that's what I mean by that is when they boil up the still, okay? This would have been just de rigueur. There was nothing else to... to other, no other way of doing it. But along came steam heating. And basically what it is, if you ever look inside most, not all, most stills these days, what they have at the bottom is coils. And these coils are steam heated. Now it's much more efficient, it's 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 easier to control, etc. etc. And that that boils 
boils your, your the liquid inside. Now, as I say, all of the distilleries really changed over. The vast majority of them changed over to this style of heating. But there are some who still use direct fire. And the reason for that is this Maillard effect. Now, Maillard effect, or reaction, or whatever you want to call it, was, was discovered by a French chemist way back in 1912. And it's, it, it's basically the reaction between amino acids and sugars and stuff in food and that kind of thing. You take chicken. You can boil chicken, and it's totally tasteless. It's horrible. But you roast it, and it goes slightly brown on the outside, and you get this much better flavour compounds. Uh, you get much better. Uh, it's on you know just the, the amount of chemicals that are released, and it's slightly different than caramelisation, but it's in the same ballpark. It's, it's roughly the same thing. Is this like when you get a steak that's seared? Exactly the same process. That's why people will sear a steak and it cooks on the outside and it gives these totally different flavour compounds. Now, there is a, a, a cooking process these days that people use it basically boil in the bag. It's called sous vide. And a lot of the big restaurants will use it. What they do is they put meat and stuff into a bag, then put it into hot water and just heat it through. Okay? Just, just it heats through. Then whenever it's cooked, you bring it out and then sear it. It's kind of a, a reverse of what normally happens. But the reason they sear it is because these flavour compounds are then accessible. The, the, the amino acids and the sugars and stuff break down into many, many different chemicals. And, I mean, obviously, I'm not a chemist, so I couldn't go through that. But you can. this is, this is the process. This is what it does. Um, it really is... <laughs> it's really what gives flavour to food, okay, and drink. Now, there are still some distilleries that use this direct fire method, okay? The reason being, they think it gives a, a better uh, a better taste, okay? Now, the reason I have this rather wonderful substance, okay? Is mm -hmm. this, this is from Cologne, okay? Now, this is Pochin. And Pochin, as, as we all know, Pochin in some ways can be unaged whiskey, okay? It's just not... Oh. Is that made in these stills here we can see on screen at the minute, or similar to them, yet? Made in those wonderful little stills down there. It, honestly, if... Cologne distillery, if you've just seen how small Cologne distillery is, it's utterly tiny. It's like they're like two large kettles. It's, it's small but but perfectly formed is basically what you're saying. Perfectly formed and absolutely a wonderful setup. This potching, I wish if you could smell this, this is a fantastic substance. It really is, it's perfectly drinkable. Uh, 48%. Um, uh, Brandon down there, he's a big believer in this Maillard effect. Uh, he thinks, and as do lots of other people, that the, the direct fire is adds to the flavour compounds. One of the problems with it is, however, there are little bits in, in the wash whenever it comes in, and once you put the direct flame on they, they burn. So a lot, they have what's called a rummager. It goes around and it sort of scrapes the bottom of the thing to keep it stirring and, and keep it moving. The Japanese are big fans of this as well. The Japanese distilleries, lots of them opened up. And by, that state, by the time they opened up in sort of the mid-20th century, maybe a bit later than that, steam was de rigueur and they put in steam heating. They then took them out to add in direct fire. Now, most of these direct fires are, are gas. That's what Brandon uses down in Cologne. They use gas, because obviously it's easier to control. Uh, they, they, 
cool is a bit harder. Now, this is probably the best poutine I've ever tasted. I really, really rate this stuff. And if this is an indication of what the the whiskey's going to be like, their own whiskey supply, it, this is this is fabulous. Stuff. Here we've got to we've got to show some of the comments. Some of the comments we can't show tonight because they're they're very very bad. Just remember that we are both from Northern Ireland when you're making comments. That's what I would say. Okay, all right. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you live, but I could find you if I could be bothered, and I might do something to you. All right. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Uh, let me see. Michael Matthews is saying. Uh, the potching I had with my dad 40 years ago was probably a week old. It was terrible tack. Yes. The, 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 there's this common story of um, some old wizened man making potching on the side of a glen in County Antrim. Uh, Mickey McElhatton's potching was the most wonderful stuff you ever tasted. I, uh, you know, most of the, most of the potching that you, you would get. Not that I've ever touched any of the illegal potching. No, not, not that it needed to have a branding ball in it to make it palatable or anything like that. There, no. Well, the idea that something that's made in an old milk churn versus something that's made in copper pot stills by people who actually know what they're doing, <laughs> I know which one I prefer. I I have I have tried some of the, 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 the illicit potching um trust me this stuff's much much better you can drink that this is perfectly palatable it's lovely listen julie's been asking what are some of the brands that use these fire heated stills well she's she's mentioning brulatic brulatic yeah no brulatic doesn't use them um mccallan have some uh glenfiddich um and the best of the lot springbank um Springbank uses uh, direct fire. Uh, interestingly, when when Brendan was setting up Cologne uh, under under uh, EU law, he wasn't he wouldn't have been allowed to on the Irish whiskey thing, uh, the Irish whiskey demographic or, or, or parameters. But because he's in the UK and Springbank and Glenfiddich and the Scotch whiskies are doing it, he was able to set it up as a direct fire. So he uses gas down there. Uh, and honestly, it, it's it's fabulous. Now, just whenever I'm saying that, um, Kilowen this week, and I, I have ordered a bottle, but it hasn't arrived yet. Kilowen have brought out this week a, a an Isla uh, Pita cask finish whiskey, uh, single cask, which is is it'll be interesting to find out what that's like. Um, he, he he wasn't able to tell me which distillery he got his cask from but on the tasting notes i could probably hazard a guess but i'm, I'm not going to in case i'm, <laughs> in case I'm totally wrong are, <laughs> some of the, are some of these things industrial secrets marty are, are, are they you can, can you taste the difference can, can people taste the difference sometimes you can um the, there's lots of there's lots of i don't say smoke and mirrors but there, there's it's the same as everything else there's lots of companies that will do things and sell bits and pieces uh, to other distilleries or other companies, bonders, and they just don't want their name associated with it. They it's not that they want their name associated with it, they just don't want to undermine their own product, if you know what I mean. I understand. It's like they don't want to say that we make cornflakes for anybody else sort of thing, yeah. It's exactly the same. I mean, every factory that makes like t televisions, there's like a generic factory that makes TVs for Sony and Samsung and LG and so on and so forth. Yeah. And the only real difference is that, you know, the sort of quality control, that's pretty doing anything. Well, we're getting lots of people involved tonight. This uh, seems to have captured peeps, people's imagination tonight. There is uh, John Donnelly is saying there, picked up some Brendan's Poaching literally 10 minutes ago from the vineyard, looking forward to tasting it now. Would that be a, a good choice, would it? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I'd, I'd be get it cracked open. You've half an hour to try it and let me know what you think. I I think it's really really good. It's really get a nice sweet. Um, there is there is a, 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 a like a, a licorice flavour to it. There's you know you can there's a, a heathery stuff to it. It's really good, really really good. Um, honestly, um, I, I 
pretty much everything that these guys have done so far, I would I would wholeheartedly um, recommend. Um, I think they've done it fantastic. Uh, Jonathan McCulloch is saying the same. He's saying Kilo and Dis- Distillery. Uh, what what do they use, and what is their whiskey like, Marty? There you go. More more endorsements there. Yeah, brought four different experimental cask finishes, and what the, the, their distillery they haven't aged enough. They haven't had three years to age their whiskey yet. Um, so what they're doing is they they've bought in whiskey from other sources, and are finishing it in experimental casks um the last one they brought out was the a tequila cask you know an, an oak cask that previously had tequila in it and then obviously the tequila somebody else has drunk it and then they've put the whiskey in they fill it up and they're selling single casks of this um it's it's the thing is you're, you're probably some of them are going to be fabulous some of them are maybe not so good and some of them you probably don't like but they're finished in different casks. And the way they do it is really, really good. Um, it's basically left it straight from the cask straight into the into the bottle. There's no colouring at it. There's no water added to it, nothing. Um, probably the most interesting one, which I talked about a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about water, was the, the, the Chicolina one. Uh, it's really, really strong. Um, and needs a couple of a fair few teaspoons of water but it's a, a white wine cask finish irish whiskey it's really good it's interesting oh, really okay you, you you're you're wetting my taste buds here uh, and that's uh, just uh, fortuitous because uh, next week uh, we are uh, doing something a wee bit different and uh, you can get involved by basically uh, liking comment and sharing this broadcast uh we're going to select, uh, I think, up to 18 people by random because we obviously were doing it ourselves. Uh, so we're going to uh, then get in touch with you. And in time for next week, we're going to have uh, well, a little surprise uh, delivered. Marty, tell us more. Yes. Uh, Dunvilles are going to send out uh, a miniature of three crowns. and I think they're sending out a glass as well. And I'll come in a little, a little bag. Uh, then what we'll do is we'll do a live tasting. And if anyone wants to join in that doesn't get a, a miniature, what they do is go on to dunvillesewhiskey.com, go to the shop and buy a bottle, and then they can they can join in and, and have a bit of fun with this as well. Because whatever we're doing this, people, I have people telling me that I'm a, 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 oh, he's a connoisseur of whiskeys. I, I'm a keen amateur, you know. I, I, I like what I like. And it's interesting to hear other people's point of view. I think you know what you're talking about, Marty. I, I think you're 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 more than a keen amateur, and a lot of people on here uh, think the same as well. Uh, now, uh, back we're about halfway through the show tonight again. I don't know where even where the time goes because I've obviously got to watch the clock, and we're coming up on the 29 minute mark tonight already. Halfway through the show, remember to like, comment, and share if you want to get involved, and comment on the main page as well, which is this page. Because otherwise, you can't actually see yeah. comments on screen if you actually do that. As simple as that. Uh, comment on that uh, main uh, Irish Whiskey Review Stroke Live page. So there we go. Now, back to the show. Uh, we're right. talking about fire this week, Marty. Uh, I never thought fire could affect it so much, but fire is a bit like water. There's many ways the fire can interact with the, yeah. the product. Yes. Now, we're going to go on to probably the main aspect of fire on whiskey, and that's actually the charring of casks. Okay? Now, what happens is when you win a cooper builds a cask, that's they, they don't they don't really do this, Marty, do they? Yes, they do. Now, wow. yeah, they burn the casks. Now, what, how did that come about? How did anybody know to do this? Well, what happened, they think, is that barrels, you have to remember back in the day, barrels were used to transport everything, uh, not just liquids, but they were used to transport solids as well. What they would have done is possibly put salted fish in barrels, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you transport 
fish in the barrel, it obviously leaves a taste or, or uh, you know, and you're not going to fill it with... Never, 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 Marty. It wouldn't do that, would it? Well, what happens is then, obviously, if you want to fill that with, with beer or whiskey or whatever you want to fill it with, it's going to leave that taste. So what they discovered was that if you burn the inside of them, that gets rid of the taste, but it also had an effect on the whiskey. The charcoal that they created, it's basically like, you know, whenever you buy a, a fish tank and you get a charcoal filter, and it, it, it filters out impurities, it filters out some of the sulfur compounds, it filters out some of the some of the nastier things that you don't particularly like. Yes, yeah, so a lot of things for the car and for those face masks that we all have to wear now for, you know, the COVID-19, I've got carbon in them. Lots of, lots of them will have carbon. Now, the, the picture you're putting up there now, that's a very, very deep char. Now, there's lots of different uh, levels of char. You can actually go from toasted, and what they do is that then they sort of lightly toast the inside of it. Um, and that brings out certain chemical compounds and flavour profiles and stuff to, to the whiskey at that point. However, if you do it once, you can do it again. And what they'll do is they'll, they'll, they'll you can have a, a toasted cask, then burn it for a much longer period of time, and that'll give many, many more, it'll release more chemicals out of the wood, uh, and it'll give much more flavour, and again, more charcoal, again, and it gives it another life. Now, you're showing there staves going from really sort of quite light all the way through to dark. The, 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 you have to be, they have to be slightly careful on, on the way that they do this, obviously. Uh, so they don't burn it for very long. Um, the depth of char um, can be, on the surface it can look not too bad, and then it doesn't burn too far into the wood, but you can reuse casks. It would surprise people just how long a cask actually lasts. How, how, how do they actually set fire to it? Do they use alcohol itself to, to start the fire? No, I think I think they just I think they fire it in the gas as far as I know. I think right. it's, there's different people who use different methods, um, but it's basically uh, used by by gas. But that that level of char there is known as as alligator or crocodile char. It looks like alligator. All right, that's my favourite. I I like alligator pears. I like avocados. <laughs> no. so so again, one of the things is by law, uh, bourbon. Bourbon, they have to use uh, charred American white oak casks. So Corcus alba is, is, is that's the, the Latin name. See, a bit of educational stuff here. Uh, Marty, I got eighty-eight percent in my last Latin exam. <laughs> I never learned Latin. All I ever learned was that some guy called Sextus used to sit below a tree. Sextus Subarbori said in. <laughs> That's all I ever remember. I knew you went to Cambridge House, Marty. I knew you went to Cambridge House. Mm -hmm. <laughs> fine establishment. Fine educational establishment it was. <laughs> but, uh, so bourbon casks have to be charred. Okay? So they have to be charred, and they can only be used once. So what happens is they use them once, and then they sell them. And lots and lots and lots of the distilleries buy these up. Now, I remember the last time I looked at the price of a, 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 an ex-bourbon cask, I think they are about £150 each for an ex-bourbon cask. So, so, so you wouldn't be making a garden seed out of it? I, well, no. <laughs> but, but they're really valuable to the likes of the Scotch whiskey industry, to the... Irish whiskey industry, etc., because they can buy up these casks, which they do, and then bring them across, and then they reuse them. Because you can use a cask in in Scotland or Ireland many, many, many times, and often it might surprise people just how long some of these casks actually can hang about. Uh, there was a, a cider producer in Armagh, and I was down at uh, two years ago. 
year and a half ago, something like that. Uh, when they went down and they had these casks that they were aging uh, apple cider in, what had happened was they knew that this uh, orchard had sold casks to Bush Mills many years ago. So they wanted to buy ex whiskey casks from Bush Mills. Now it was there's a 35 year gap between the two of these. But when they went to Bush Mills and said, "Oh, can we buy uh, a couple of ex casks from you?" Bush Mills actually said to them, "We still have the casks that you give us." They had been reusing them. Some of these casks hang about for you know 50 years. <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> it's, a, it's surprising. And so there's them, a real, there's a real big providence in this, really. Then as well, isn't there? You, you know, it, it, it surprised people just how long some of these casts can hang about. You know, and sometimes they overdo them; they they keep them a bit too long. Occasionally, you'll get some whiskies where you get that kind of astringent, woody, woody taste. It even goes beyond that. You know, you know if you. Do you remember whenever you were a kid, you would have chewed on a stick or something. You know, you'd have done that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, you you mean on a, a lollipop stick? Ugh. Not even that. Even just like a, a silly old, you know, whenever you chew it and you get that astringent, nasty sort of taste. Uh, it's quite bitter. That, you know, that If they keep a whiskey in a cask too long, they can, uh, they can they, they, it, it, that's what comes in. It comes in those sort of nasty green flavours. That really aren't yeah. uh so again it, it, it comes down to a blender a blender well they'll know when a cask right that's it no, can't that that's that cast's done again when a, a, a guy who's bringing out a whiskey they'll go to a distillery established distillery and say and a bonder will say i want to go and, and they'll go around a few casks and say that's the one they want that's the one they want and it's to do with this sort of aging and so on and so forth. Now, the questions are coming thick and fast this week. We'll try and get through them as we go along this week because otherwise we'll have to do them in the last uh, four or five minutes and it's too much to do. Uh, so we've been uh, asked by uh, Frank Heron, off-the-wall question, but has anyone ever used an old Guinness cask for whiskey? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I can't say for definite. But there's lots of stout cask finished um, whiskies about now. Jameson cask mates, stout finished. Uh, I doubt if Guinness are going to be giving those or selling those away, uh, selling those off. But there are stout cask finished whiskies now. Jameson, as I say, is probably the, the easiest, most accessible. And, and one. not not just in Ireland, Scott Scotch ones as well. Yeah, yeah, there is. There's a few of those as well. Um, Lots of people now are trying to find different cask finishes, uh, things that have been in it before, then they they, they, they have them and, and give them out and they sell them on. Uh, so you'll you'll start to find a lot of the independent brewers. I mean, there's lots of now real ales and all these new breweries sending out and they'll be doing wood cask finishes. So... Uh, You'll start to see that the distilleries buying those up, if especially if they can turn around and say that it's a a successful brand. You know, they can turn around and say, I don't know, Belfast Brewery or the, you know, uh, the Boundary Brewery, or whatever. You know, it, 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 if it catches the imagination. Exactly. Uh, Paul saying hello tonight. There he is. You, you know, there. Nineteen days to go. Yes, do we need to mention that tonight again as well? We do. Belfast Whiskey Week, Paul O'Kean doing the doing this wonderful thing that he's doing, uh, biggest whiskey festival in Ireland, and he is running the show. Uh, I'm going to present, be presenting. Uh, what I'll give more details on that as as and when a bit more necessary. Because we're still we're still a month away from it, really, aren't we? Yes, yeah. Right, you know, three, three, three and three and back weeks. Um, if you if you want to get on board with, there's lots and lots and lots of online events. Uh, so get to uh, get on the app and, and yeah. And he's actually saying that we have a Buckfast cast. Yes. <laughs> it's a Buckfast cast. It's sad. I don't, I don't even want to. 
Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. <laughs> he is a whiskey finished in a butt fast cast. I don't want to really play a huge amount about that. Uh, listen, yeah, listen, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're hanging around Craig Avonport of Down Lurgan Way and you <laughs> want to have a buck fast, like, who am I to stop you? Who oh, am I to stop you? Thank you. <laughs> you want to in some domestic violence and. <laughs> no. no, no. You're a desperate man, Marty. Desperate man. Now, uh, let me see. Uh, what else has been said tonight? Uh, somebody else has mentioned the, the, the coffee. Uh, they're going for a Belfast coffee. Pot chain is amazing, so easy to drink. Neat. Agree on the Heather that you were mentioning earlier, or almost survey, but going for a, a Belfast coffee next is uh, John G. Right. Yep. Belfast coffee is basically an Irish coffee made with pot chain. That's the difference. Uh, Belfast is a bit more hardcore, you know, put pot chain on it. Oh, don't, don't like start. Don't, don't 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 start me. Listen, there, there there's uh, Connor Farrell. Uh, Connor, I wish you'd change your name because every time you you comment, I think it's Colin Farrell, <laughs> and I'm thinking we're landed Hollywood. Here we come, <laughs> but no, no such luck, Connor. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's Paul. He's saying it's a great chat tonight. We've still got twenty minutes left, Paul. Still uh, and we haven't we haven't got to the best part of uh, fire where, where we get to burn things marty this is the bit i like arson arson no <laughs> i'll just i'll just finish off because i i think it's important to tell people about the, the the char um what what flavors it brings into any play the charring brings out a number of different chemicals um and I, I know this is sounds like a bit of a chemistry lesson tonight but lactones Lactones are, they bring out fruity flavours, they bring out coconut, sometimes cheese, uh, dairy products, hay, grass, all of it. This is where all these different flavours come in. And people will go, uh, I get hay off that, or I get, um, I, 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 I smell like, it smells like, a, like buttermilk or something along those lines. That's where it comes in, and you'll perceive it slightly different than I would. And people think, well, how can you, how can you smell hay and somebody smell, um, and the cheese? The chemicals aren't that dissimilar. Uh, so it comes down to sort of personal points of reference, essentially. It's how people feel comfortable with them, if you know what I mean. Uh, another one that they bring out is is vanillin, and vanillin. Uh, a lot of people don't know that uh, vanilla, artificial vanilla, actually comes mostly from, from oak, wood. And that's where they get that. It doesn't come from vanilla pods. It comes from, you know, it's, it's synthesized. It's that chemical, vanillin. Uh, so lots of whiskies will, will have that vanilla nose to them or vanilla taste. And that's where it comes from. And another one really interesting is the tannins. Tannins, if you ever have tea or, or red wine, you know that, you know where it sort of, you know, it sort of stick. You know what I mean? That sort of sticky thing in your mouth. Yeah. It, it adds that sort of dryness to it, and a really sort of heavily charred cask can give it a real uh, tannin. Now it breaks down other chemicals to give other flavour compounds. It doesn't really taste the in itself, but it adds other. It breaks down other chemicals to release other flavors, and that's how all this really, really complex chemistry comes from the charred cask, you know. Okay, uh, now, uh, talking about the, the stout cask, I, I, I didn't mention this guy earlier. Uh, Walsh's coffee stout cask, Dick Max bottle, is, is mighty. Uh, I'm not familiar with that one, Mario. Are you, yeah? Yep, um, uh, super, super. Uh, as I say, all, all of these different cast finishes. There's so many different whiskies about at the minute. Um, all, it's hard to keep up, <laughs> to be fair, but it's really, really interesting. It's really interesting. Now, this week's topic, of course, is fire. And uh, we're getting on to the good part because I, I seen, like, basically, uh, we didn't start the fire. It was always burning. The world is turning. Um, yeah. what, 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 what is this? This is a picture of a distillery on fire. Yes. The problem is, if alcohol is combustible, okay, and if you have wooden barrels filled with flammable liquid, 
is very, very easy to catch fire. Okay. Okay. Yep. And it might surprise you just how common it is even today with distillery fires. Um, in Kentucky, there was five distillery fires within the last 20 years. Okay. Right. Okay. I think the one you're showing there is the one at Jim Beam, where 45,000 barrels of whiskey went up in flames. No, that, that's the Heaven Hill one. That's, heaven the heaven, right. that's, the, that's the Heaven Hill one. This actually is the Jim Beam one. All right. Uh, yes. Uh, in it. Yeah. So if a bottle of whiskey catches, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a big fire, and it's extremely hard to put out. Okay, uh, these would have been very common. Uh, the late great Jonathan Barden, um, in his book *The Plantation of Ulster*, wrote that in the year 1600, Newry, which not far from where Cullowan is burnt down after a distiller started a fire. You're using uh, a chemical liquid, uh, a flammable liquid, I'm going to say, sorry, uh, storing it in wooden casks so it caught fire and basically just burnt down, uh, burnt down most of Newry. And a guy called Alistair Bagnall, he inherited Newry at the time and had to rebuild essentially the whole place. But they're extremely common. So that, that's what it would have looked like if we had had a picture of that. <laughs> yeah. that's, the, that's the Dublin fire. Uh, that's the Dublin fire. Now, I'll get to the Dublin fire because it's, it's, it's interesting in its own right. Uh, you had the first ever, this is, this is a little quirk, it's not really, it is kind of distillery related, but not really. Uh, Tullamore in Ireland was the scene of the first ever air disaster. Okay, a hot air balloon in 1785 was taking off from the centre of the town. It got caught in the side of one of the houses and tipped over and set fire to a row of houses. Now, they all rushed out and they managed to get it set. <laughs> now, Marty, you're, you're spoofing us along here. The Americans watching tonight are thinking, this guy's telling us a tall story. No. Now, to commemorate this, Tullamore have brought out, they brought out a limited edition uh, Tullamore Jew Phoenix cask. So people think, you know, this is maybe something to do with Phoenix Park or this kind of thing, or the Irish Fionuska, which means clear water. It's not, it's to do with the very first ever air disaster that happened in Tullamore. Uh, way back when. And, and hence the logo, the Phoenix Tullamore, there as well. Yeah. yeah the Phoenix, that, that's it. It's to, to represent that the. the the phoenix is the symbol of Tullamore, the town, and they brought that in commemoration. So I thought it was, I thought it was a nice thing. It, it was, it's interesting they put that in. You know? It is. It certainly uh, directly relates to, to fire uh, as well. Now, uh, now, what else What else have we got to do this week? Because we've only, we've only got about 10 minutes or so left. Uh, and okay. We've got a couple of other things to cover. Kilbegan, there was a fire in Kilbegan in 1878. Uh, Bush Mills had their own fire in 1885, which basically destroyed pretty much all of uh, all of the distillery. Uh, there was a fire in in Derry, uh, the Watts Distillery. The Watts Distillery was over in Abbey Street. They actually had two fires. Uh, there was one in 1894, and then in, in 1915 they had a huge fire. Uh, over in Abbey Street, which is over in, in, on the bog side. Uh, they, they, what happens when these fires happen? They, they basically break the casks open to stop them catching fire and the whiskey runs down the street. Now, this is where... Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> this is where the great Dublin whiskey fire of 1875 comes into play. Okay? Oh, boy. <laughs> What happened was uh, 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 over in Chamber Street, which is not far away from the Teeling Distillery these days, over in the Liberties in Dublin, a fire broke out. And there was 4,000 casks in, in this warehouse. Now, at the time, let's say the, the 1875, it was fairly common for people to keep animals. Okay? And the first Thing that alerted them was a pig squealing 
Okay. So there's now an Irish whiskey called Flaming Pig, which, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. I mean, that, that links into Michael Matthews saying the truth is stranger than fiction. Fair play, Marty. Is, now, this fire was, the, the, the head of the fire department at the time was uh, a, a man called uh, James Ingram. And he had worked in New York. And he, he, he remembered that whiskey actually floats on top of water. Okay? If alcohol floats on top of water. So there's no point in spraying, firing water on top of this thing because you just send it into a, a bigger conflagration. So what he did was they got them to rip up the paving stones and throw gravel and sand and, and manure, funnily enough, on it. And it managed to divert this, this river of flames. Now... Anyone who knows anything about <laughs> uh, knows that there's alcohol flowing down the street. It's, it's, it's kind of like a, a dream come true. <laughs> Lots of people. Oh, now, boy. What happened was people started filling buckets, mop buckets, etc., etc., etc. Now, I have a reading from the Illustrated Times of London. Now, I want to read this out to you. This is, this is a news report. Crowds of people assembled and took off their hats and boots to collect whiskey, which ran in streams along the streets. Four persons have died in the hospital from the effects of drinking the whiskey, which was burning hot as it flowed. Two corn porters named Healy and McNally were found in a lane off Cork Street, lying insensible with their boots off, which they had evidently used to collect the liquor. There are many other persons in the hospital who are suffering from the same cause. Two boys are reported to be dying and it is feared that others will follow. <laughs> so these two guys took off their shoes, took off their boots to fill up with whiskey and drink it. <laughs> 13 people perished in that, that awful tragedy. And okay. all, all of them from alcohol poisoning. Not a single person, not a single person died in the fire. Every one of them died of alcohol poisoning. Here's uh, Connor saying those dubs would drink anything. <laughs> I, I hope you're from Dublin, uh, Connor. Other, otherwise, we'll be in bother from the the thought police. <laughs> there you go. And uh, listen, we've got eight minutes left tonight. What have what have we not covered, Marty? That we need to cover. I don't think we've much more to cover. One of the things I would say is that the the whiskey whiskey fires are much more common. Now, if you ever get a chance to go to uh, Middleton, where, where Jameson and well, nearly all of Irish, the bulk of Irish whiskies produced, they have, I think on site, 25 warehouses with 36,000 barrels of whiskey in each of them. So as you can imagine, the fire precautions are extremely stringent, <laughs> but it, it doesn't take a huge amount. The, the primary cause of distillery fires these days, back in the day, it would have been guys smoking, you know, somebody having a cigarette and, and people used to do this sort of stuff. Let, let, let me guess, the high energy sparking for mobile phones. No. Nope. Lightning. Nearly all of the all of the warehouses now have lightning rods and this kind of stuff to stop. You know, it, all, it, all it takes is one bolt to hit the cast and boom, up they go. Uh, it is extremely dangerous. Uh, I don't think people realise or maybe appreciate just how dangerous a lot of this stuff is. You know, so um, as I say, there there was twenty distillery or five distillery fires in twenty years over in Kentucky, um, and hopefully there'll be no more. But when the world's biggest bourbon brand, Jim Beam, can lose forty five thousand barrels. Um, it kind of shows you just how dangerous it can be, you know? Yes, certainly stuff. So uh, we're about to uh, wrap up uh, tonight. We've got about five minutes left tonight. If you want to ask any questions that are uh, there, uh, you will need to get in touch with us. Uh, remember to comment, like, and share. And we'll just recap on the Dunville's thing for next week. Now, if you do want to join our mailing list, this is how to go about it. Uh, it is a long gobbledygook link. There is a shorter version. But if you click that link in the comments, which are down below us here, okay, you'll be able to uh, 
join the mailing list and, and Marty will eventually get round to uh, type something up and send it out to you. We'll probably do that in the next couple of weeks or so. And uh, where do you sit? Where do you hear this one? Where do you hear this one? This is this is unbelievable, right? Now, I, I don't know whether you can see this or not, right? It says, the people of Slane learned to swim after a full articulate lorry full of Jamesons got tipped into the Boyne at the bridge. <laughs> Carnage happened, but the locals were very happy for a couple of weeks. That, that, that sounds like whiskey galore, the Irish version, doesn't it? <laughs> but like this, I, I, I can't swim. I've never seen the point, to be honest. I've never seen the point of swimming. Uh, but I would learn to swim if there was free whiskey involved. <laughs> uh, do not do not go swimming in in, in, in any river after barrels because they're very heavy to lift. There's kind uh, of like, there's a dream sequence there, Justin. You know, <laughs> you know that bad dream spot. Where, you know, where you and McGregor swimming through the ocean. He's actually head down the toilet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, no, I know. Here, here's Trevor saying, uh, "Thanks again. Great subject this week. Yeah, it certainly is a great subject this week." Uh, and then. Uh, uh, we have got uh, uh, another fantastic show tonight. Thank you, Marty and Justin. Uh, Michael Matthews saying, well done. Enjoy the show. Thanks, Marty. Uh, yeah. oh, here, here's a rhetorical question for you, Marty. Okay. Right. Okay. If you could save one whiskey that went up on a fire, which one would it be? Um, if I had to save one whiskey... Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll just do it from here because I, 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 because I, it's too big a question. If I had to see of any of these, uh, Springbank, I would save me Springbank. I love this. This is fabulous stuff. Right. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Marty, you're being asked, uh, John G. Donnelly, what are you doing at Belfast Whiskey Week? Give give them and and thirty seconds. Give them what you're doing there, and we'll we'll do it closer to the time as well. Yeah, um, I, I I might be doing um, a very long um, introduction to Irish whiskey. Okay, very good. Okay, so that'll that'll be a good opener for the show for the for the the event. Uh, Frank, I've been told, not that I would know, but apparently they used to fire test the purity of a potching. The cleaner the flame, the purer the potching. So I'm told. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently they used to do it where it had to have a blue flame, and if it sputtered, it meant there was other impurities in it. This, 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 just stick with this stuff, okay? Just don't bother. If somebody offers you a bottle of potching at six quid for a litre or something, just say no, thank you. Go buy no, that. You, you don't want to get alcohol poison. Uh, here, listen. I thought we'd get that big role in Hollywood because all I read was Paul and and Farrell here. Uh, there, there it goes. Is uh, he has a big role? There you go. You 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 have a big role, right? Uh, the, you go. And uh, Connor is saying, is a meat man. I can tell you that actually did happen. <laughs> and I, I imagine that's the, the drinking in the Dublin. <laughs> now we've got we've got one minute uh, to recap. We've got to say all about what's happening next week. What do people need to do next week? Um, you've got to within between now and Monday morning. You have to like and share this post, this this video, and then I'll, we'll, we'll be picking. Uh, people at random, I'll get Jarlath to send out uh, bottles, and then if anybody wants to join in, who unfortunately wasn't lucky enough, and you'll find out on Monday evening whether you've, you've been lucky enough to get one, if you want to join in anyway, go and buy a bottle of Three Crowns from the distillery, and you can join in, and we'll be doing tasting notes and all this kind of stuff, and having a, having a bit of a laugh and seeing what people think, okay? Okay, excellent stuff. Uh, that's another fantastic week. You learn a lot about fire and its role in whiskey at the beginning, the middle, and the end. And that is the end of our show tonight. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Marty, for putting that all together for us. It's been a fantastic topic this week of fire. Speak to you again. Same time, same place. Well, lots of different places, but next week. Bye-bye, folks. Take care.